Hi there, welcome to the Neurodivergent Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Griffith, and I am so excited to have you here. On this podcast, we talk about all forms of neurodivergence, from ADHD to learning disorders to giftedness to autism and more. If any of that sounds familiar, welcome to Neurodivergent Magic. Hello guys, gals, and non-binary pals, and welcome back to another episode of the Neurodivergent Magic Podcast. Today, I have a really special interview for you. Today, I am talking to Joanna, who is a mom and a business owner and a late-diagnosed ADHDer. Uh, So if you are in your 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond and thinking, hey, I might be neurodivergent, but isn't it kind of late for me to be figuring this stuff out? Like, does it even really matter? Um, Joanna's going to tell you that yes. It really matters and it is possible to get help and acceptance. So without any further ado, let's jump on into the interview. Hey there, Joanna. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? I am so excited for us to talk. Uh, So I am doing good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited too. Yeah. So we are going to talk about ADHD and late diagnosis. Um, And do you want to maybe just get started by telling us a little bit about your story with ADHD? You don't have to go into um, tons of detail, but just, you know, how did you figure out that ADHD might be a part of your life? Um, Like, how did that even come up on your radar? Um, I have two family members who do, who have been diagnosed with ADHD. Well, one's officially diagnosed. (laughs) The other one's the family is diagnosed with ADHD. Um, (laughs) And, and I have a decent amount of friends who have ADHD. And so like, I related to a lot of things, but I, I feel like I still did relatively well in life. Like I graduated from college. I kept a good job. Like I was able to buy a house. Like I was like, I, I hit a lot of the like stereotypical like successes in life. So it was not even on my radar. And it wasn't until I, um, I left my day job to be home after I had my second daughter and I basically lost all structure to my life and I was struggling hard. And so I was like, okay, something, something is not right. So I kind of started checking all the, like ticking off what could be the issue. So first I like made sure that like my hormones were good. Cause I just had a baby. So I like made sure it wasn't like a postpartum issue and that was part of it. So I got that kind of fixed. And then, and then kind of was like, okay, I, I'm, I'm still not quite right. So let's see what else I can, I can figure out. And so I, I spent a year of being like, okay, I think I have ADHD. So I'm just going to pretend like I have it and treat myself like I have ADHD and kind of make accommodations for myself. And that helped. And it still wasn't enough. And that's when I decided like, okay, I think I actually need to go get like treatment for this. Yeah. Okay. I love that you did that because that's exactly what I tell people to do. And what I am in the process of doing myself is just, just pretend that you have the diagnosis for a while and see how your life changes, see what happens, see what improves, you know, because just thinking like for me with autism and everything, like just thinking, okay, I'm autistic and therefore I'm allowed to give myself autistic, uh, accommodations, you know, and that alone was like huge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it gives you, it helps you give yourself more grace, I think too. Cause it's like, it, yeah, it, there's like an explanation for why you're struggling. So it helps you be a little bit easier on yourself. And then, yeah, it opens up some doors for like the different accommodations that you can use to help. 
Yeah. Okay. So you said you didn't really suspect anything for a while because you had all the structure, you know, like school was probably a really helpful structure for you. And then work was a really helpful structure for you. And then once that all went away, uh, your brain had to fend for itself. And um, with ADHD, that can be really complicated and really hard. So I absolutely hear you on that. How, if you don't mind me asking, how old were you when you realized oh crap, I might have ADHD. (laughs) So I think I was 34. I'm 35 now. And so I think 34. Yeah. I was 34 when I had my daughter and was like, "Mm, yeah, something's not quite right. (laughs) I'm struggling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you said that you, you lived for about a year, just assuming that you had ADHD and trying to accommodate yourself and realize that that wasn't like, that was great and everything, but it wasn't going to be enough that you needed Mm -hmm. some professional help. So what did you do next? So I looked for psych. I decided I was interested in trying medication. And so I specifically looked for psychiatrists in my area that specialized in ADHD. And I was able to find, um, a psychiatric nurse practitioner who was accepting patients and I was able to go in and um it was just kind of a pretty straightforward I've heard like there's it's very diverse the different types of diagnosis processes that people go through and so mine was a pretty easy one it was on the easier end of the spectrum so he pretty much just was like you know why why do you think this is something why why do you suspect ADHD and then it kind of went through and tried to make sure it wasn't any other, anything else. So, you know, make sure it wasn't like bipolar or autism or anxiety, depression, and just kind of asked like symptomatic questions for me. And then was like, yeah, it sounds like you might have a little bit of depression, but it might also just be because you're struggling right now with ADHD. And I was like, that sounds pretty accurate because I'm usually a pretty chipper person. And so but I'm like, but I am struggling. Um, and so I was like, but it does sound like ADHD is probably, um, an appropriate diagnosis so we can start treating that and then if the depression doesn't get better then we can look into treating that too that is amazing i'm i'm so glad you had that experience um i've heard so many horror stories of people who get are not believed and so yeah i i feel like i was really lucky to find somebody get in very quickly and they listened and were very helpful that's wonderful that sounds really validating and just actually helpful, which is exactly what the professionals are supposed to be there for. So that's yes. wonderful. Um, how about now? How is your life with ADHD now that you have received um, like the proper treatment and you've been believed and you have like worked with this nurse, nurse practitioner and everything? Um, how, how have things changed? Um, it's been really good. So I decided to try a non-stimulant medication. And so it takes a while for it to kick in. So I've been on it for, I think almost like a month and a half now. We did up my dosage a little bit a couple of weeks ago. And a lot of things I was struggling with was I had left my day job because I wanted to be home with my children and also to be building up a business. And I was just really struggling to like, when I would have time, I was so overwhelmed and overstimulated by my kids just being normal kids Mm. but I would like that was one of the huge like triggers for me that like I realized I was having like inappropriate reactions to my children just being children and I was like this is not okay (laughs) so that was part of my seeking out uh treatment and so that has definitely been a huge help as I'm not as triggered by my children just being children and um and then also I have a really hard time with 
um, initiating like my work and then a hard time staying focused on my projects. And so all of that's been hugely improved. Like I, I still get overwhelmed and I've seen like you still procrastinate and scroll social media, but it's not, it's, it's different. And so like when I, after I upped my dosage, um, there's some doors I've been meeting to install in our house. And I just like woke up one day and spent like a couple hours like installing them. And I was like, wow, I think my medicine's working. <laughs> yes. Just the entire concept of wanting to do something and then doing something and they're not being like a whole gamut of like things in the way and feelings yes. in the way. Oh yeah. yeah that's I magical. feel like I would sit in this limbo forever where like I couldn't get myself to do it, but then I would just like beat myself up for not doing it. And then I just be in the limbo, and then you just feel worse and then you don't actually want to do the thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So now that you know that you have ADHD and we know that ADHD is a lifelong condition, which means that you had it even before you noticed all of the struggles and everything, do you wish you'd known earlier or do you feel like, you know, this is the path I'm on and it's, it really worked out. Okay. I think it worked out. Okay. It is interesting. Like looking back on my life and I can, I could see it more now. Like I did pretty well in like elementary school and high school because they're a lot more structured and then when I went to college like I still did fine like I still graduated and had like decent grades but my grades definitely like dropped more than what they were in like high school so it's like yeah there was there was less structure um but I feel like I I did a really good job of learning accommodations for myself unknowingly mm. like I'm I've always been like a self-help nerd and like a productivity nerd and I really like efficiency and so like I I was reading like self-help books in like high school <laughs> and um and so I feel like I did a really good job of I always thought I was a really organized person and then I met people who are actually really organized and I'm like oh no I'm not like that and so I now that I now I realize it's like okay I realized I was disorganized and I was compensating it by making all these structures and routines um, and so I think that was really helpful and it was a really good skill that I've developed. And so that can still help me now. Um, it's just, it's harder to make routines and accommodations when there's tiny humans that I'm <laughs> caring for. But, yes. Uh, okay. Let's talk about that because so many, uh, pieces of advice that I see on the internet, especially for, uh, autism and ADHD are all about creating structure, right? Because, uh, the ADHD brain doesn't want structure, but it needs it. And the autistic brain desperately wants and needs the structure. <laughs> um, so structure is supposed to help us a lot. How in the world do you create structure when you're at home with your babies? I'm still trying to figure that one out. <laughs> okay. So I, Good. I'm glad it's not just <laughs> me. Have, yeah, no. Yeah. Cause I was like, how that, that was one of the reasons why I decided that like, I need medication because I was like, I need and part of the reason why I chose a non-stimulant is because like, I need, I don't know when I'm going to be able to work and I need to be able to work when I can work. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, I, I can't have this hour limbo where I'm trying to get myself into working. Like I don't have two hours, you know, I can't spend my whole baby's nap time trying to get myself to work only for her to wake up and not even get any work done. Um, so that's definitely something I'm still working on. I, I like have identified pockets of time when I can work um but yeah i'm trying to work on establishing a nighttime routine and then morning routines hard like one of my biggest hang-ups is i go to 
I have a hard time getting myself to bed and so then I don't get up like before my kids so I can't really get anything done before they're awake Mm -hmm. but I do depend a lot on nap time and then I am lucky in that my husband and I are both home and so which is kind of trying to find juggling schedules with him right yeah yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, okay. it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it's not just me because uh, it, it's so tricky because their needs change every day and every minute. And <laughs> yes. it's, it's just difficult to create a firm structure like you had with school where you would go and do the same thing every day. And like that put you on a path, you know, and you could just follow the structure and you didn't have to think about it. Now, even if you do manage to implement a structure, you have to think about it. So it's just adding to the mental load. Yeah. So is it even helping? (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. I think one of the things for me is I, it's really helpful if I know what my next task is and I can kind of have it stuck in my brain because my brain likes to like float around and like, I don't know what to do next. I don't know what to do next. And so when I actually like sit down and like make a plan and either like the night before or like the morning of just be like, okay, this is my next task. So whenever I do have time, that's what I'm working on. So I don't waste my time in the, like, I don't know limbo. Oh, that's a great tip. I actually love that. Cause yes, I spend a lot of time in the, I don't know limbo as well. So (laughs) I feel that. (laughs) So you mentioned that you, um, quit your job so you could be home with your babies, but also so that you could, um, work on your business. So I'm fascinated to hear what kind of business do you run? Yeah. So my business actually makes a lot more sense to me now that I have ADHD. So I was trying to help women to save money, but doing it in a way that was not, um, that didn't involve like huge complex budgets and that didn't involve like nickeling and diming and spending hours managing a huge complex budget. Mm-hmm. And that didn't involve like deprivation and basically kind of an anti-Dave Ramsey budget. Yes. <laughs> and um, cause like I, part of my being a nerd reading self-help books, like as soon as I graduated college and got my like first job, I'm like, I'm going to read all the finance books and I'm going to do it right. And I, couldn't do it right. I tried to do all the things that they said and I just couldn't maintain it. Like I tried like every single budget that I could find. I met, I followed all these different people and I I would I would I realized now what I would do is I would I love organization systems. So I'd find a new budget, I would hyper focus on it. I love organizing it, get all of my stuff into it. But then like you get busy with life. And then I like it was so complex that I couldn't get back and like fix it. And then I would just like throw my hands up and then do nothing. And then next thing I know, like I have nothing in savings. Um, so it was like I would like scrimp and save and have spend all this time like building up a budget and I'm building up a savings and then something would happen like you know either we'd have like a medical emergency my husband has a chronic illness and so either like we have some sort of medical emergency or it would just you know flitter away because I wasn't managing our finances and so I was like okay all of the other but like money experts are saying that like you need to be like hands in your money all the time and I'm like, but the problem is I can't be trusted with my money. <laughs> so right. I'm like, what if I do the opposite and I put it as much as possible on autopilot and I don't touch it and I protect it from myself. And miraculously, I went from like not being able to like maintain very much in my savings to saving up like $10,000 in one year on a very median income, like without changing any of my spending habits. So I was like, that I is amazing. <laughs> 
talk about results. I'm so <laughs> glad that worked. Yeah. And yeah, I totally hear you how that would relate to having ADHD, you know, like yeah. I love you like subconsciously set up a finance finances business for folks with ADHD. Like you yes. like, can't be trusted with your money is- and that's okay. It's like, yes. instead of shaming yourself about it, let's just find something that works. Yes, exactly. I kept trying to like rein in all my shopping and it's like, this is who I am. This is not changing. So I need to find a system that works with who I am rather than pretending like this isn't a thing. Yes. I think the problem with, uh, Dave Ramsey himself and Dave Ramsey-esque advice is yeah, there's a lot of focus on changing who you are. Um, and I don't love that vibe. Obviously that's not the vibe on this podcast at all. If you've listened to it before, uh, we are very pro self-acceptance and all of this stuff. So I love that your business is like, no, let's take you and make your, make a system that works around you instead of changing you to work with the system. Yes, exactly. I love that. So if people are listening and they're mind blown right now, um, how can they work with you? Um, well, you can find me. I'm mostly on Instagram. It's at Joe J O underscore thrive in the thrive in the chaos. Um, I do have a couple different um, courses. I have a quick budget quick budget bundle, which kind of is like a brief overview of my budgeting system. I'm working on getting up a one on one coaching program so I can actually help walk people through how to get their money all set up and supporting them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also have a, um, a little course called the My Mega Savings Mini Course, and it helps you find some big chunks of savings in your money without having to like nickel and dime. It's finding big chunks rather than just your little, you know, people shaming you for getting Starbucks. I hate that. Right. Yes. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. But I do have a discount code for your listeners. So uh, I can't. So if you use the code MAGIC20, you can get $20 off the Mega Savings mini course. That is amazing. Thank you so much. That's really generous. And anybody listening, uh, yeah, this is going to be a really big deal for you. I think I have seen Joanna's work and it's really great. It's really good. And yeah, if you live with ADHD and you live with impulse shopping issues, um, I think clearly this person who made this course actually gets it. Uh, so it won't be, you know, Dave Ramsey from on his high horse, uh, trying to explain stuff to you. It'll be a real freaking person with real ADHD who really gets it. And I think, yeah, it's going to go a long way to getting you where you want to be. So that's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so last question for you. Um, this is the question I ask everybody towards the end. So we're all neurodivergent here and we tend to forget things. So if somebody's listening right now and they're going to forget everything they heard in this podcast, except for one thing, what's one thing you want them to come away knowing? Be easy on yourself. I think we're neurodivergent people living in a world that was not built for us and it's hard and it's okay that it's hard. And so give yourself grace. It's okay. If you can't do all the things, get yourself the help that you need and just be kind to yourself. I love that advice. I think that's beautiful and so necessary. And yeah, if you're listening right now, just close your eyes and take it in. It's important to be kind to yourself. 
Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your ADHD journey and a little bit about your ADHD friendly budgeting business. And just, I have loved talking to you today. Thanks. I had so much fun. Thanks for having me. Of course. All right, everybody listening. I will see you next Saturday. Bye. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you give us a follow over on Spotify, leave a review over on Apple Podcasts, and tune in next Saturday for another amazing episode.